everyone if you want to get lit with us. Uh, and Andy's not here to make any begrudging noises towards that. The next book that we're going to be reading is Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. So put that in your eyes and ears, however you want to do it. And as always, support your local libraries and bookstores. If you want to get in touch with us and give us a suggestion or tell us how amazing we are or, you know, any other nice things, you can reach us at littlelitpod at gmail.com or pod underscore lit on Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, uh, give us a like, subscribe, send us to your friends, to your enemies, to whoever, and uh, we will see you later. Bye. Fuck, I already messed it up. I don't know if I should fight you or thank you. I'm really happy. I'm also um, drunk. The story sounded a lot funnier like 30 minutes ago. In my head. I don't think it would have... <sighs> I don't think it would have been funny regardless. Um, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. But I, so I was telling you about how I feel like I don't have uh, depression anymore because the sun, it's it's sunny out. Yes, you, you, you have, you're sad. I've been cured, um, obviously, because that's healthy. I mean, I know I do get the, yeah, that does, that, 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 it does happen. Yes. Um, I'm not taking that away from myself. However, I am, like, I can't just say just because it's now 50 degrees outside and I can see the sun that, you know, all my mental health issues are, like, now clear. No, no, that's how it works. Everything everything is fine now. <laughs> everything is good. Uh, it is a literal switch. Uh, you can flick as soon as the, as soon as the light comes it out. It feels that's like it. that. It does feel like that. And now I'm drinking for happy reasons instead of drinking for sad reasons. <laughs> oh, my God. Actually, I saw one more tangent before I get to my story. I saw a TikTok that I did not need to see. That was, if you're, if you use alcohol to celebrate, like if you celebrate and it's like if if you use alcohol to celebrate and you also use alcohol to like pick yourself up when you're sad, like you need to look in the mirror and you need to have a conversation. It's like, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, if you're using the same means to, you know, pick yourself up that you're using to celebrate, like it's not a healthy relationship to have with it. Ma'am, that's a very healthy relationship. Like, that is a very committed relationship. It's almost like it depends on the context. It's so wild. Yeah. Also, also like, those things are always, like, it's it's very rarely someone giving that kind of advice, the way that's worded, the way that's, that's, that's set out there for you. That's, like, a very calm uh, older person who's seen the world. It's always someone who's like 20 and thinks they know absolutely yeah. everything about everything. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and to be clear, that's not automatically shit on 20-year-olds. However, a lot of y'all like to think that you know fucking everything about everything and it is ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, so I am now healthy because the sun's out. Yes. Um, and I was feeling so fucking good, Andy. Like, mm-hmm. I was feeling so good that I was like, there must be something in the air. Like there, like there, there must be a reason as to why I'm literally, literally weed. (laughs) Literally. As to why I am feeling so good right now. It's like, you know what? I should go buy some lottery tickets. Like I am feeling Mm -hmm. so fucking lucky. 
Okay, all right. So I go down to my local lottery ticket store, uh, also the gas station, and I walk in and I am I don't really buy, I don't buy lottery tickets. I never yeah. do. I was like, this is a fucking sign, you know? That like this feels good. So I walk in and I go up to the guy and I was like, I'm here to buy some lottery tickets. And he was like, Okay. There's a lot of options. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. And I was like, I want two mega millions. So why not? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like, then I want Indeed. like some other. I want some scratch offs. I just want to have some like fun with it, you know. And he's like, okay. Oh, you don't, you don't you don't want to do like a, a daily pick four, do it in a box, do it yeah, anything like that. No. Yeah. So I yeah. also did not know that that was a thing. But yeah. um, I was like, what are your favorites? <laughs> and he goes, I don't play this bullshit. <laughs> Why the fuck did you? I don't know uh... because that's what I do when I go to a bar, when I go to a restaurant. Yeah. I'm like, what's your favorite okay, thing? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I... like I don't know. Uh-huh. You were gonna get like, what's your favorite thing here? I don't know. Like, what, what gas do you use? I don't. It's I don't know. That, it's not that specific. No, <laughs> it's not how that works. I was like, what? What are your favorites? He's like, I don't play this bullshit. And I was like, cool. I am just trying to have a good day, man. Like, <laughs> and so then I said because. So, so... So was he, though. <laughs> That's all I'll say. So then I said, uh, well, which has the most, like, what has the most tickets in it? Because statistically speaking, uh-huh. that will have them, like, you're more likely to win off the beginnings of those because people want to come back and win more. So they come back and buy more. So they have more winning numbers in the front, whatever. Yeah. That has not been proven by science. I did watch a YouTube video about it, though, when I was trying to figure out how to get rich. A long time ago. De- definitely the best way to do this, yeah. Uh, so he was like, I have these. These two are pretty new. And I was like, I'll take them. Sure. So one of them was <laughs> one of them was like a regular scratch off. It was like a $200,000 prize, whatever. Surprise, surprise. I did not win anything. Um, I would I would have hoped you would have said something already if that was the case. Yeah, but. no. Imagine if I left that for the <laughs> opener. <laughs> Machiavellian, but also pretty impressive. <laughs> Uh, and then the next one I got, I did not look at the scratch off until I got home, was a Home Depot sc- <laughs> scratch off <laughs> yep, that, that right. I believe you had to use at Home Depot if you won. Like if you're playing the Monopoly game at McDonald's, like you get, you get a free quarter pounder. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, a, a Mick quarter pounder. You yeah. don't get, you know, you yeah, get it somewhere else. Yeah. So, uh it, the the ultimate prize is like a hundred thousand dollars, like as like a home makeover. Okay. Again, I didn't win anything, so don't like. You're fine, okay, Andy. <laughs> like you can sit, keep on sitting down. But it, it was just one of those moments where I was sitting there going like, "Holy fucking! You felt good one day, one yep. day, and you spent twenty dollars at a gas station for." Lottery ticket. One day you felt good. Mark. <laughs> An absolute mark is all I'm saying. It is. Anyway, it's lit lit. <laughs> Podcast where Danny blows her fortune on lottery tickets. Yeah, we where I blow all of our lit lit money. <laughs> Oh yeah, all that, all that money so far. <laughs> Podcasting is where you make money, you know, like that's it's very, it's very lucrative. It's, I don't know if you guys know this. Yet. It is the most lucrative job I've ever had. Um. Anyway, no, this is the book where we read nope, books. Nope. Nope. Oh, this is the podcast. There it is. This is the podcast where we read books sober-ish, and we talk about them drunk. My name is Danny Burford. 
And I'm Andrew Clavo. <laughs> and we, we made it. We made it through that segment. Um, and this week, we're reading The Goblin Emperor by Catherine Addison. Yes. yes. Uh, you were... I believe you were the one who uh, brought this up when we were planning. Uh, what 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 brought this uh, to your attention? I guess I wanted to find a high fantasy and or fantasy that didn't have a shit ton of parts. Or sure. I kind of and I, it was almost like um, a challenge because most fantasy common yeah. series or yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, in case you're wondering. Uh, so, Guy Gabriel K, uh, um, one of the few exceptions to this rule, and also a former uh, a person on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, sorry, not person on this we podcast. We would love book, book, book was featured on his podcast, yes. Uh, but yeah, so I wanted to find something that was fantasy kind of one-off. I will say that there are multiple books within this yes. world, but yes. you don't need to read them in any particular order, as my understanding, or the fact that like the story ends when it ends. And so the next book is another story. This book ends very, very satisfactorily on its own. I, I'm not saying that from an is it good or is it bad situation. I'm merely saying it as far as like this book ends in a way at which it just ends with this book. And yeah. you don't need to jump into another one immediately to make sure you get everything out of the story. Yeah. Um, I would not be surprised if, of course, if there are um additions that the author could make onto this world yeah. but um i uh, yes yeah, so th- th- this is very self-contained like to be clear did you like it wait do we do the summary first or do we like it first we usually do a summary first summary. um so um this is a book about a fourth son of an emperor who is un- unexpectedly uh who unexpectedly becomes emperor uh, <laughs> after well, the rest of the family is taken out in a uh, in an airship uh, explosion. So this is kind of a steampunk level technology thing that it really does not matter for the for the focus of the story. So don't worry about that. But um, it is about this emperor who is 18 years old, had been exiled to the hinterlands because he was an unwanted uh, for, you know fourth son of of the emperor. A great two sentence uh, summary. I it's it's run on, <laughs> and uh, it's all about his acclimation or lack thereof to court and uh, the stories that come from that. There is a linear narrative to a degree, but it's a lot about the process as opposed to uh, one really really hyper important plot. Yeah, good job. Did you like it? I liked it a lot. And I can also easily understand how someone would not like it. Um, that sounds like hedging. It's not. I'll happily stand by my claim of what this book is. But um, if someone were to tell me that they did not like this book uh, for a variety of reasons, I could understand. Did you like this book? I loved this book. Oh, okay, cool. Interesting. I was, I, I was nervous. I also wasn't sure. I didn't know if you were going to like it. I, I was. <clears throat> I, I thought that you would have liked the idea of it or what it was trying to do. I wasn't uh-huh. sure if you were going to, and I guess I still am unsure if you liked its execution of what sure, it sure. was doing. Cause it tried to do a lot. It was. Yes. There's a whole lot. To this. It was a very, it's, it's funny. It was a very full book, but also a lot of book of nothingness too that happened, <laughs> Yeah, which, which is, I actually which enjoyed. Is, 
Which is, and I did too, but that is also why I could easily see someone disliking it. Yeah. Because um, this book is very dry at points because it's about the emperor, both to be and eventually the emperor that is, uh, Emperor Maya, who um, I forget the official name. I could look in the book to figure it out. Yeah. His, his actual birth name is M-A-I-A Maya, and um, he ha- he takes on the emperor's name when he, when he ascends the throne. But the point is that... Um, I do like the whole idea about how they take their names, though, that they don't have to take the names of the person before them. They get, Automatically, yeah, yeah. They get to choose an emperor's name from the past and then add a number to it. So it's very kind of like... I mean... That's not that weird, though. That's just how of, like, most medieval... I guess so. But, like... I mean, if you if want... Fuck it, I'll do it. If you wanted to prepare, uh, compare it to Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire, how as far as that whole thing goes, then uh, those, like, those naming conventions are still kind of, like, not super weird as far as that goes. But um, because they are stock names as opposed to uh, surnames, uh, because you change your name when you become emperor as opposed to when you are born you are named something yeah. and that naming itself is a political statement that is a difference in how um yeah you accord um uh importance you get to say like a big fuck you to the people before you mm. which i think i get i get the comparison between game of thrones but i think it is different because that per- like you were just saying you choose you get to choose what yes. you want to be the, the the choice is at a different point in life. The choice in this case is one that when you are at maturity becoming emperor as opposed to your mother naming you, uh, you know, um, Viserys the third or whatever yeah. it is to, to signify a relation to a past yeah, yeah, time yeah, yeah, yeah. in the emperor or whatever, empire or whatever. So um, when you... You know, when you become emperor, you get to choose. And, and and this one, because he was the fourth unwanted son, did not choose to take the name of his father, but instead took the name uh, that, uh, of a previous emperor that ruled over a long period of peace. And that was all he wanted, so he took that name. And that was more or less what it was. So I'm glad. Well, I'm not glad. You brought up Game of Thrones first. I actually had a note saying you're going to have to drink because you're going to bring up Game of Thrones. <laughs> I wanted to talk about how there there's a lot like you were saying before that you can see some people not liking it because there is kind of like a, a a big chunk of this book where it's very political and it's very behind the scenesy and and not much of principle happens. Yeah, to, and to, it's to be very clear. Very yeah. kind of innuendo-y and you're talking around things. It reminded me of how Rob Stark was never in the books. Okay, yeah. And right, but okay, you always okay. knew about what he was doing. And so it it kind of reminded me of if you were to take Maya out of the book, mm-hmm. I think you would still get a very good picture of what the fuck was going on in this court. Yes, but I would argue that's not the point. I don't think that's the point either, but it reminded me of that where there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes that you're reading about Mm -hmm. and movements Mm -hmm. that are happening and things that are going through and whatever, but you're not actually there to witness them. You're just hearing them the same way that Maya is just hearing them for the first time too. So I did like that connection with the reader as well as with Maya of you feel Mm -hmm. just as in the dark as Maya does. Yes. And you're sitting there going like, what the is going on 
because he is a king that is um at first untested and unknown more more than anything unknown because he is someone who got plucked from i mean essentially it's someone that was uh uh, like studying, or he, he was relegated to a small town in Montana somewhere, and he and he and he had like a tutor that was in his town, but like didn't give a fuck about him. Who was really more, shitty to him, actually, because he was more bitter about how the fact that he wasn't in D.C. or New York or whatever, wherever it was anymore. So he was like super pissed off about that fact. Um, so it's it, I, he's he really is in like the the political hinterlands and the actual hinterlands of the empire, and uh that is more of the like the process of the story than anything else it, it's about how he learns to become a good or not good depending on how you feel yeah. um ruler and, and how to make friends and how to, and how to, and how to, how, to, how to make connections that influence people and yeah. uh, it, it, it becomes that is more or less the um the main thrust of the story which is weird because usually it's a big plot based thing and there is a plot element to the story don't get me wrong but that's not really what's uh the most important i'm thing. really glad that you like this i was did not know how you were gonna feel and i was like fuck there's so much in this book and if andy doesn't like this this is gonna be a lot of nothing why did you think I might not like this? Uh, I, again, I didn't know if you were going to think that it was executed in a successful way. Okay. Yeah, fair. I think I, that I, was kind of what, I think also it does, it does really bridge on YA versus not YA, specifically about age, I would say. I, I absolutely disagree with that. Really? I don't, I don't think there's any question. This is an adult book here. Yeah. I think I think it can be like a coming of age story, though. I, I as far as the general principles of YA, I don't disagree with that. I just think that the material itself would bore the absolute fuck out of a sixteen-year-old. I'm not saying uh, that's and, why I'm not and, saying it is YA. I'm saying I think it's a book that borders okay, that. Right. Okay. Okay. Fair. If if that's yeah, if you if you want to say that like it touches on some general themes of YA without actually like getting into the muck of being YA, then that's Like, this Um, reminds me of what I, when we were trying to find a book that does um, bridge the gap between, like, a younger protagonist, but not necessarily YA material. Yeah. What was, I'm totally fucking blanking the series that we read, Shadow, the, not Shadow and Bone, the one that we just read recently. Oh, Mistborn. Mistborn. It kind of reminds me of that, but, like, Mistborn was more YA than I expected it to be. Yeah. And this was what I thought Mistborn was going to be. I thought it was going to be this realm of okay, younger okay. characters. Because everyone in this is, I mean, not everyone, but most people in this are pretty young. Yes. And the, and the importance of this is, in fact, the new generation and the changeover of ideals and principles and yeah. things like that as well. Yeah, for sure. So that's where that comes from. Like, th- to me, I wasn't sure if you were going to like how young everyone was because you hate young people. Yeah. With, with, with a passion yeah. all of you any any of you who are listening they're under the age of uh my age which i will not revol- divulge uh, uh 39 I, I no <laughs> i'm melting 10 years older than me oh, almost almost 11 no no not almost 11 because well, 10, ten and a half as pretty much standard the whole way through that doesn't change no it's not 10 and a half 
No. June to November is five months. Roughly a half. Roughly. All right. right. I'll give it to you. (laughs) My point with this is that... um, I'm old. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Montreal in a couple months from now. That's the only thing that's going to be said by anyone ever. I can't wait to make shirts. Oh, man. They'll be really soft. Yeah. You can all wear them. I hope hope you enjoy that. That's the whole point. You don't get one. (laughs) Yeah. Because otherwise, why would you make them soft? Yeah. It would never do that. It would be a painful burden instead. Um I think this story at its heart is a one character piece. I think there are plenty of things to be said about other characters that are involved in the overall structure of politics and the court and everything like that. The heart of this book is that it's about the one character, Maya, yeah, who becomes the emperor and has to become not only an emperor, but the emperor that he wants to be, which is a very different thing. Did you agree with the pacing of him coming into himself? Gross. <laughs> Monster. Um, yes, um, Marilyn Manson, I did. Um, I thought that it was... Uh, I, 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 th- I think this book lags at certain sections if you don't like these political intricacies Mm -hmm. and niceties and things like that um the vast majority of this book is politics um and if you don't like that shit or you get bored by it and i don't mean and i don't and to be clear i don't mean broad political terms about like um voting rights and shit like that i mean political connections how someone relates to someone else uh inner inner court politics of like who's vying for what and what's important and that kind of stuff and that is dominant in this book and if you don't like that kind of thing no i like it too but like but this is what i'm saying is very understandable if someone doesn't like it if Mm -hmm. you don't like that kind of thing then you will actively dislike this book probably because it it focuses so much on that because in order to have this coming of age story of a um uh unexpected emperor you have to walk him through the baby steps of becoming an emperor and that was where i thought i might fall down personally because i really get annoyed at like long stretches of narrative when the characters that are involved are just fucking up constantly at their basic responsibilities yeah. of shit. i uh, liked how addison bridged the gap between fucking up but then yes. also fucking up so much that it seemed intentional Mm-hmm. And then also being surrounded by people who were also slightly sarcastic, who were also kind of slightly messing up. Like, how would you pronounce the name? Savet? Yeah, his secretary. Yeah, yeah, his secretary, Savet, who would say things and he would be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that. And Maya's like, I don't fucking know what you're supposed to say. Like, that's fine. Like, I don't know what's going and, on and, either. And this is someone who was basically a very well um, thought of courtier but not someone who had actually had a position before yeah so so it would be very reasonable for him to like not know what the fuck he was doing as well and so he just like took that job with no problem blah blah blah. and that was a cool part of this book as well to see not just the main character but everyone else fit into their own 
slots, their own positions, and, and, and either own it or not, depending on the character. Yeah. I really like the relationship between Maya and Svet. One of the, one of the best in the book. It, uh, hands yeah, down, yeah. It was... If not the best, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it was one of those that Maya was like, I need to trust you entirely, and I need, like, that's what needs to happen for mm-hmm. me in order to be successful at this. Because I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. My dad hated me. Like, I was banished to a forgotten realm, and you know everything. I was in Ohio learning about local <laughs> politics in D.C. from my mentor, and he didn't do shit for me, so yeah. Yeah, and I just, I loved that relationship, because I loved when Savette would look at him and be like, you don't fucking know this? Yeah. Like, you don't know what yeah. the fuck you're doing? And Maya was like, no, I don't know what I'm doing. And I like that a growth part of this book was when he took pains to educate himself, mm-hmm. um, to either do it on his own, as far as like hiring um, the Lord, the the the, um, the Treasury um, Secretary, yeah, essentially, yeah. to tutor him, or getting as much information from his uh, subordinates as he possibly could. Um, and also, that wasn't enough sometimes because it was he was, and he was confronted with very awkward situations in uh, diplomatic meetings, even when he didn't know what he theoretically should know. Yeah. Because he had not been trained from birth to be a part of the system. I, and that and that's kind of the point of this book. I like that he wasn't dumb. He was uninformed. Yes. yes yeah, yeah. Or like misinformed. Not even misinformed. Just, what is it? Uninformed? Ill, Ill, Ill-informed? Mm-hmm. Either of those things work. Okay. Like, yeah. it wasn't that he was d- And it also wasn't that he didn't care. And yeah. I was a little bit worried that it was going to turn into so much of like a martyrdom of him wanting to not be like his father. Yes. But it didn't. It was never. And I liked his little inner monologues too, where he would say, no, you can't have this much hate. No, you can't be vengeful. You can't do this for these purposes because like, that's not what, like that's not the point. That's not what what a ruler does, and yeah. I, I and I thank you for bringing up um, Mistborn previously because that's a good comparison. Um, it's not hammered into your head over and over mm-hmm. and over again by the author what the person is thinking is instead pretty artfully done. It is. It's uh, really it, good. It, it, the the prose the prose is pretty quality the whole way through, for yeah. being honest. Um, but what, what, one of the places where the author has a very deft touch is to make sure that you understand what's going on behind the scenes, so to speak, in these characters' minds, in this character in particular, without being overbearing or mm-hmm. overly dramatic or or incessant or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it really does get the point across from the the small asides as opposed to those like declarative statements yeah. over and over again. And that's the thing that like, you know, we talked about this at the time, but like that's the thing that kind of drove me out of the like fully in the camp of Mistborn to 90% in the camp of it. Yeah. Uh, Cause it was just so annoying to me that that was, that, that was so poorly handled. You want to know what's something that I loved that Catherine Addison, I mean, you, I don't care if you want to know or not, I'm going to tell you anyway, but Ka- like Catherine Addison did. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> no, don't want to hear about it. Is the use of the ears 
Yes, that was that was smart. And it was a way that had like she would say that the ears were pinned down or the ears mm-hmm. like flicked mm-hmm. or twitched, and yep. that did such a nice subtle job of showing how other characters felt, even though you weren't in their minds, or how Maya felt, even though you were in his mind. It just did such an artful. It was such an artful way of showing emotions without having to tell because she also never explained what each of those mechanisms of the ears meant or anything like that she never said in this weird like kind of stilted obvious aside oh if someone flattens their ears that means they're being submissive or whatever it might be you know what i mean i also love that there were no humans in this I f- oh yeah, feel straight, like straight. elves and goblins. That's all it is. I feel like for the most part, when you are dealing with <clears throat> elves and goblins, you have humans in there too. Like I, I, I feel like I don't know many instances where it's just elves and goblins. They exist, but it, it is notable that they would ch- that, that the author would choose to do something without it. If that yeah. makes sense. Like, and I, I, like there are ogres there too. Even though they're just kind of talked about in the distance, Myth- mythol- mythologized, mythical, yeah. yeah, ogres. Which I I liked too that they, I don't know. I just I thought that it was so artfully done. No, this book is charming as fuck. Let's be yeah. very clear. But th- this book is really really good as long as you meet it on its terms. And not everyone was gonna, basically the problem that someone might have with this book is at a base level of like what it's trying to do, as opposed to the execution of it or anything like that. Yeah. The book is executed pretty much flawlessly. But if you don't like what it's trying to execute, then you might not like it at all. Yeah. And that's kind of the problem. To be fair, to be fair, there are no actions. Like, there are no action shots until, what, like, three quarters of the way through? Or, like, yeah, you could, you, you, two-thirds of the way through? Yeah, pretty much everything is off screen when it happens, if it happens in the first place, to be fair. Like, there's Except not a whole lot Except for on. the... Assassination assass- attempt. Well, the assassination attempt, and then also when he's pulled out of his bed. Oh, the, the coup attempt. The coup, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. coup attempt and the assassination attempt and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Of which, I will say, he was very forgiving of his people, of like his... Yeah. Of the people yeah. who were supposed to be uh, protecting him. I would have also been like, hey, man, you tried your best. We should probably get some more people in here, though. <laughs> you know? Like... Hey, dude, maybe we could just be friends. Like, hey, man, like, you did a really good job, but you're still dead. Like, you're still on the floor asleep. And I I, I didn't necessarily find fault with those people, but I do understand what you're saying. Like, the, the, that, that, like, a, a um, there's one point when uh, it's after he, the assassination, assassination attempt happens. And I mean, as per always, I don't know what the fuck you're doing listening to this series, this episode, if you don't have some idea what happens in this book. Yeah. But for the sake of someone who doesn't know anything and is listening along for the hell of it. Maybe they're reading um, it for school. Yeah. You get the cliff notes right here. Um, there's there's an assassination attempt on the Emperor's life, and it's from someone who is deeply dissatisfied with like the way he was dealing with the politics of his realm. But it's more a personal thing about him trying to have power and not getting it properly. Mm. And... Um, there is a cuckoo. Oh, there's, a, there's 
there's a large there's a large scuffle at that point and some uh actually it's like a it's a half a page right it's, it's it, super it's short like, it's like it's like it's like tolkien writing the fucking battle of helms deep yeah it's like it's, it's that long it's nothing it's it's hardly anything i fucking to me this was the moment that emperor maya really fucking took over when mm-hmm. he was using his human like I should say goblin anity to his person yeah, whatever. whatever to actually make like connect with people and say, well, bring, bring in Idra. Yeah. Like, well, if Idra has to live through this, if he has to be emperor, like let's bring him in here so that he knows what's happening. Yes. And that to me was such brilliant writing mm-hmm. and such a brilliant, I would have never expected like what a brilliant turn. Because because it's something that 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 character would do mm-hmm. would uh, would legitimately do, and, and as opposed to being something that is guided by the author, that is like I need to do these things for plot points' sake. Yeah. I'm going to move it along this particular way, um, because when he's he's been kidnapped by two people who want to remove him from office and they want to install one of those people's son on the throne, and he says, "Let me talk to that son then." And if you don't, then just kill me now. Because, like, whatever, who cares? Because he knows they can't to a degree. Mm-hmm. Be, uh, although, who knows if they get spooked. Uh, because of the uh, necessity of, like, using him as a figurehead uh, position against... Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a whole bunch of stuff. But anyways, the whole point is that um, he takes a gamble on his relationship with this 14-year-old. So good. And, and having an idea that, like, I think I might have done enough to... Um, I think I have presented myself well enough to this person that they might actually, uh, if not side with me, at least understand and take into account what's going on here and use that to temper their rule to a different degree. Yeah. Like they, they would learn something from this. And instead uh, he has made such an impression that the guy's like, no, this is wrong. Like, I don't, no, don't want to do this. Like you're you're trying to depose the rightful emperor for me, and like that doesn't make sense. Like like I don't buy your. I also love yeah. the line where Maya goes, "If he doesn't know why he should be emperor, why is mm-hmm. he a better fit than me?" Mm-hmm. What uh-huh. great uh-huh. politicking! What yep. fucking gr- and then also and then Idra was like, "Yeah, what he said." Like yeah. <laughs> that's how I feel. What? Yeah. Why? Why am I gonna be emperor? I don't even know why I'm fucking up right now. It's like two a.m. and I'm fourteen. I have school tomorrow. I don't want to be here. What the fuck am I doing? You know, like I'm gonna have a lunchable and I'm gonna go back to bed and we're all gonna be fucking smooth sailing. Some duckaroos just kind of hanging out for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it was just I. What you had said about that he didn't do anything out of his character and the way that he was written. There were, I to me, looking back and recalling this book, I don't think that there are really any moments that... Ooh, ooh, I got one. Sorry, go ahead. To me, that weren't out of character. And if they were, then weren't justified by that little voice that happened inside mm-hmm. of his head. Mm-hmm. But you have one? Go for it. Let me know. This is like if Stannis was not a fuck. Like yes. as, far, as as far as like the principled commitment to who he was and you mean doing that. things. <laughs> well, I but, I but I think but I think I think that uh, Maya is much less naive than that. Uh, I think that, um, that that Ned was operating from a 
everyone mm. sees the world the same way that I do. And, and Maya was much more of a, I know how I see the world. However, unfortunately, begrudgingly, I know that other people are in fact complete pieces of shit and assholes and I need to, and I need to properly deal with them as well. Um, I, 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 I hear you, but I don't agree with you. No, I know. I'm sighing because I think, I think that you're right. And I don't like saying that <laughs> because you have a good friendship. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> a really supportive friendship. Yeah. And I normally don't agree with what you say. <laughs> no, I, I think that's true. I think that if if he was if Baratheon wasn't shitty, this is like if Ted Lasso was a fucking like emperor or something like that. It, it is very, it is very, um, it is very committed to the ideal that he is espousing, which is that espousing, which is that he is. Um, that, that, that he is trying to be true to himself and he's going to weather the storm to some degree with whether or not people agree with him, but he also is being practical enough to understand the way in which these polit- uh, politics work and he's, he's willing to manipulate those to his uh, advantage where he can. He's not immune to the game around him. However, he is not willing to sacrifice a certain part of himself to be the ruler that he could be if he wanted to. Yet. <laughs> All right, so the podcast, I guess. Well, yeah, no, but yeah. I think so. This is why I will probably end up reading some more of these books because I. Oh, I will almost definitely. This is yeah. a really. And, and I, again, I, I wasn't really done quick, talking. I know. I'm very sorry. Real quick, I do want to say. Real <laughs> Did you? Attempt to give me back my space no, because I'm because I, no because I'm going to it in one second. I I really do want to say that it is possible that you won't like this because it or not you, Danny, but you audience yeah. might not like this because it is really slow mm-hmm. if you don't like this kind of thing. Yeah. Um. If you don't like the political maneuvering, if you don't like the um the character development at a very like deep and intrinsic level, um. You might not like what happens in this book. And that is totally fair. And if you don't, like, no shade. But I think there is something very valuable to get out of it. Danny, please go on. Well, no, I don't have it anymore because I have ADHD. (laughs) And I had five (laughs) seconds to be able to recite what I had been thinking about while you were talking. Yeah, I ruined your shit on purpose. And and now I don't know what to say. I don't even know what book we're talking about anymore, honestly. Like, I... The Nightingale. (laughs) That was just picked as like Reese Witherspoon's book club book or whatever. That, that makes sense. That tracks. Chris, good job, Kristen Hannah. That tracks. Good for you. Yeah, good for you. Honestly. <laughs> so um, another relationship that I loved was Maya and Kala. Or Maya and like his two servants. Not like oh, his. Cal- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his bodyguards. His, yeah. yeah, his bodyguards. One of something that I fucking loved. It happened really early on. Was when one of his what are they called? Not I'm calling them like non cheries. There's, in my humble opinion, um, there is no point in trying to learn the nomenclature of this no. book <laughs> because there's. Did so you much. read the entire front part of it? I, I I referenced it at times, and I became very frustrated because um, you only could reference them by their last name and not their first name, yeah. which was very annoying yeah. uh, along the way. But yes. Okay, so uh, the moment where he had a conversation with one of his bodyguards, I can't remember exactly which one, that said like 
we can't be your friend. It's Kala, yeah. Who, C-A-L-A, uh, Kala, yeah. let's say. Yeah. And who was like, sir, like, we can't be your friend. Sorry. No, no please keep going. I'll, I'll cap it off later. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for not interrupting me. What a... Progeny. Yeah, what a fucking woman thing to say to a white man who has interrupted her like 17,000 times. <laughs> I am sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Um, was oh, it's just, it's just a little me. <laughs> just a little me. I don't do anything wrong. No, I fucked up. You're right. Go ahead. Uh, so when Calla was like, I can't be your friend because, like, we're bo- like I'm your bodyguard and yeah. you can't treat me as if I'm a friend because I'm not I'm a like I'm a servant like I I can't be that for you and it was that moment for Maya when he thought that he had made a genuine connect his first genuine yeah. connection that had yeah. nothing to do and especially how he had them be his like witness down to mm-hmm. walking around a fucking church mm-hmm. for a day and- the, the the scene in particular that he's referring to is that he has to basically go to meditate before his father's funeral, I believe, or no, before or his, his coronation, or his was- own coronation, yeah, yeah. and he's expected to choose just like some random family members, the only ones of which are his abusive cousin that was with him in his uh, exile, mm-hmm. and he d- instead says, "I'm going to choose my bodyguards to, to go with me," yeah. which is an a um an honor uh, a political honor that would normally not be accorded to them no and so if you were a political beast you would not do those things you would either stay stay strong to your family roots or maybe pull someone in that you wanted to gain favor with yeah and so it was like that moment where he thought he had a genuine connection and then realized oh shit i don't i am Mm -hmm. actually alone in this and i and it was such a real feeling of not knowing mm-hmm. how to cope. Mm-hmm. And then everything changed for him where he wasn't able to talk the same way that he was. Or he was – that the formality had totally shifted. Sorry, the language of that third person and personal is very interesting yeah. too because oh, – sorry, was it third person? Yeah. Um, like that, that is – that makes the book more difficult to understand at times, mm-hmm. but also makes like some of the weight hit harder when it doesn't when they don't use that properly. When when someone when someone drops to the first person mm. personal and says something after having a whole lot of we do this and we do that or art thou blah blah blah, yeah. and and then someone says like I would like you, and then it becomes like oh shit, like hold Ooh, on man, we're yeah. we're from the people here. You can't do that. I like, also that. loved how. Um... Addison would, while they're going through dialogue, if someone said we, but meant the informal we, she would put that yes. in there. She would put plural versus like the, yeah. The, the, form- the, the yeah. Yeah. yeah so the formal we, yeah. I loved that because mm. there definitely were moments where, I mean, we is used all the time and yes. the formal we and everything like that. It was sometimes I was like, oh fuck, is this like, personal is not personal it's like what's going on and having those moments i thought was a really smart way of how you can show a reader how to like interpret something and tell them how to interpret something without having that be the only way that you interact with a reader yeah you you set some some kind of guidelines of understanding and they can kind of interact with it on their own level and uh 
if it you know if they believe it or not totally fair but that that is how the author has set up this without having to restate it over and over again of yeah. like the importance of um uh, family or propriety or something like that um what i was gonna say was that uh the nice thing about uh his uh maya the emperor um his interaction with his bodyguards is that he later on um he says no fuck this i am in fact the emperor and i am going to dictate what i think is correct and that is to say that i like you guys like <laughs> was so cute. i was so nervous for that because i thought he was gonna say like no and i get to dictate you are my fucking friend like you don't have a yeah, choice. yeah but yeah, no yeah. he was like no I de- declare that I do like thee. Like, <laughs> exactly. It, it, it was declarative as opposed to in a way that implied that they had yeah. to bow to his wishes or something like that. And, and that and that also happened with the bodyguard who failed him, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. was like, and, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and and Maya was like, well, I really hope that you don't, you know stop commit suicide yeah i really hope that you don't stop being my bodyguard like it would really mean a lot to me if you were and he was like oh well if if that's what you would like then i will be your bodyguard and he was like well no i just i want you to be my if you want to be my bodyguard like i want you to be my bodyguard and he was like well if you if you command me to be your bodyguard i will be your bodyguard no no, that's what i'm saying (laughs) and then like he left and then i think it was kala who said yeah no he definitely wants to be your bodyguard like yeah (laughs) Like, don't worry, man. He did, he did it with the one sister that he said, like, study the stars. Yeah. Like, whoa, oh, whoa, my whoa. God. How <laughs> fucking epic was that? What, what, it, so so at one point earlier in the book, he's there's a sister that was engaged to someone who died in this plane. Or the, Almost um, engaged. Air, air, airship crash. Yeah, yeah. Not quite, but maybe not. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Basically, she was left like kind of rudderless to a degree, and and she was a source of kind of suspicion and gossip at court about what was going to happen with her afterwards. And so, what he did was a nice and personal thing for her, which was like, "Hey, I'm going to let you do whatever you want for a year or whatever it was, uh, and and because uh, you need some time to grieve, and I'm not going to have." Uh, suitors banging down your door right away yeah uh, literally or figuratively and and, uh because i want to make sure that you are comfortable and you're okay with like your life and that was obviously because he grew up kind of in peasant form and with a with with a mother that died when he was eight years old that he wanted to appease and whatnot as well um and that's kind of the whole point of his rule, which is that he is someone that is an outsider that is trying to learn these customs. And the question is, does he learn them quick enough to keep up with the politics of court and blah, blah, blah. And we have these plots that are going on under, underneath. But um, I think that generally speaking, would you agree that he comes along at a pace that doesn't frustrate you as a reader? Like yeah. because for for me, like, I was annoyed. I was like, "Oh no, we're gonna have like the the novice learning a thing." But for the whole book, no, I thought but, it was but, I thought it was well paced in that capacity. I, I thought I thought so too. And I was I was uh, I, I wanted to see how you felt. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I'll talk. I haven't made you laugh that hard. In no, a- you won't. <laughs> I haven't made you laugh that hard in a long time. All right, fine, whatever. <laughs> um, no, I, I, 
I was also concerned about that too, which is why I didn't know how YA it was going to be. Because if it was, I didn't know if, especially when we were introduced to a couple of maybe love interests, I didn't didn't know if all of a sudden this was going to turn into a that type of vibe, which it didn't. And I was super thankful for that, actually, which I wasn't... I didn't... Incredibly thankful for. Yeah. Let's be very clear. Yeah, like, it, it, it was not as, like, frustratedly... Mm. <laughs> Fine. Uh, but now I lost it again. What were we oh, talking... It was what two were we ta- seconds that What time. were we talking about? We, we were, were talking... We were talking about... Um, how he came, how he understood the court. Yes. Uh, I I also liked when he got frustrated with himself, too. Mm-hmm. And when he let go of the formal and when he was yes. actually just himself. And then also when he said things, when he got angry with people and he would say things in a manner that seemed more emperor-y mm-hmm. and would immediately retreat into his mind and go... Ooh, fuck! Like you, like this anger was unwarranted, or this anger was warranted, but not towards this person. Or, and I did love the trajectory of how articulate he got, and the way that he was able. Yeah. I, I think there was one scene that to me really hit home on this, and it was when they were dealing with um, the lands that he had to negotiate. For, insane, yep. Yeah, for like the farmers and for like these two separate lands or whatever. And he went through, he was like, okay, so this is the problem. This is the problem. This is a solution. This is a solution. Do you guys agree? And like waiting for things. And he's like, okay, if you guys don't fucking do this, your lands are mine. Yeah. And yeah. I, it was one of those moments where I think it was his first major monologue in a emperor setting and or empiristic way. In, in in the course of his job. Yes. Where he, where, he, where he was saying, like, I I believe that this is how this should work. Mm-hmm. And therefore, that's actually how this will be executed. As opposed to, mm, I don't know. I don't know what's going to go on. I'll leave it to some of my, my, my subordinates. Or I will not give a clear answer myself. Or whatever it is. Yeah, he did a good job of saying, like, this is the rule. You will abide by it, yeah. and this is how I will make sure you abide by it. Which is, which yeah. is and the thing is, like, he always had like decent political instincts. He just he was did. not trained. No. Is the whole thing like he he didn't know shit. He didn't understand the dynamics of the court. He didn't know what happened, like, who were the major players, and how they interact with the other people, and blah blah blah. And and, and that was a thing something he had to learn over time. And he was. Like the the purpose of the book, or at least in those earlier stages, while he's learning those things, is to focus on the things he does out of out of character and yeah. heavy quotes for for an emperor that endear him to other people. That and that's the thing that makes them eventually like him in the end, mm-hmm. which is him being not a typical emperor. Uh, well, I think that's also the scene when he went back to the woman who was kind to him during his mother's funeral. Oh my god, it's amazing. Yeah. What uh, a great scene. And and also when he's trying to figure out how to give back to the community that died for like that also died with his father. When he, when he goes to the uh, ceremony, the burial ceremony yeah. for the other people that were in the airship and everything like that. And he asks Savet like, "What would be, what would be a, 
a good gift to give. And he was like, we could give money. And Savette was like, I think probably what might be better is to give something with meaning. And he said... Kind of gauche. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, well, they want to buy a headstone. And he was like, that's a great idea. You know? Like, good job. And (laughs) I don't... I just... It's those moments of learning and navigating that I think did really well. Was was there a favorite scene that you had? Oh man, I'm had because like the thing is that there are some really good learning scenes early on that I would not call favorites, mm-hmm. but like do end up mattering largely to the to the plot. Yeah. I guess like. I love the scene when he is at the, um, I forget what they're actually called, but the counselor's kind of dinner where mm. he learns that like the count, the, you know, the counselor for the prelates or the counselor for the blah, blah, blah are actually kind of like people and they actually are friends with each other outside the political maneuverings that are happening as well. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I will say, to a degree, mm. that there is some idealism here in that the rot isn't all the way through. And no. maybe, maybe that is me being very protective of this because of the world that we live in right now, where I think the rot is all the way through. Is all the way through. Uh, so, so you see, so he, so uh, um, Catherine Addison could be accused of being optimistic even about politics, which is shocking considering the levels that she goes to to kind of insulate these characters from like bad decision making and having some very obvious examples of bad actors here Mm -hmm. as well as some very obvious like uh typical good actors that he wouldn't want to be involved with as well like there's a lot of like making sure that you understand that this isn't the entirety of the whole her whole focus of the story and still uh because our whole system right now is unfortunately so morally bankrupt that it seems like it's a pie in the sky idea i also liked how there was yes definitely people who were corrupt but there were also people who weren't necessarily corrupt but were just trying to do the best for themselves yeah and i think that was something to me which i know that the whole coup attempt (laughs) was pretty fucking bad but there was also such an understanding. Sorry, I had to put my cat on the ground. Um, <laughs> there was also such an understanding that Maya had about it of, I get why you're doing this. Like, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. I understand what your motives are, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. And it's such a weird place to be in for someone who's the main character who's also not just sitting there going like i suck i'm the worst at this i'm blah 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 you know it's someone who is yep i'm not ready for this but here we are and i guess i gotta be ready for it and gotta do my best yeah yeah. and does a really good job with that i i think that showing that there isn't rot all the way through is a very political i think says a lot about how it was written because Maya can't believe that there is rot all the way through. Like that, that is something I think is intentionally done by Addison of creating a world where there probably is rot most of the way through. But 
but at least at some level and and it's explained from the from his ability to discern intention and belief mm-hmm. from like people's facial expressions and interactions like he's very good at this so therefore he's he's a he'd be a great poker player right because he could tell if someone was bluffing or not yeah and he'd be very good along those lines um is that believable or not i don't know but i think that i think i think it works for the story at the very least and i think that um it's it's something that is uh, down a line that you would think that that it's not irredeemable. The whole yeah. thing, you, you you at least believe them on the grounds of okay, fine. This is still something that can can work properly for all people and not just the elites and blah, blah blah blah. Because you have an emperor that matters. Now you can argue about the fact that like, well, it's one person and that's kind of a problem. Mm-hmm. But that's outside the scope of this book and that's fine. Did you like the ending? Um. I did actually. I, I very much did. I thought I thought that it I thought that it went properly. Um I thought that the big momentary climax of the story, I guess, is the attempted assassination uh, attempted assassination attempt. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound right. Uh and that is the thing that kind of uh sets off that part of the book from the rest of it. Uh but a lot of the other parts of the book don't uh, towards the end don't really interact the, that that much. It, it's, yeah. it's it's a wind down without being the entire point of the wind down. Um, and what I was going to say is one of the creepiest things about the whole the whole book, if I'm being honest, is the interview that he has with uh, Shulavar, one of the extremists oh my God. that bombs the that bombs the. I uh, loved yeah. that scene because yeah. it was so fucking true. Yep. And that it was such a moment where Maya was also sitting there going like, oh, shit, I actually do agree with you more than I should. I can't find fault with your logic at the very least. Yeah. Yes, it was because, so good. Because what happens is so the, um, uh, the, the whole catalyst of this book is that an airship is blown up with the emperor, his three sons, and, and also his grandson heir um, in, in, in the process. And one of the people who helped that come about uh, is interviewed with the emperor, the new emperor, after all of these things happen. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. And not only would you not be here if it wasn't for me, but these thoughts emanating through this world would not be here. Would not be here if it wasn't for me. Like radical action is what it took for actual change to occur. And buddy, let me tell you, what um, a great way to end, too. You know, yes, like exactly. what? What like an awesome way to end everything because you can so so he was having so maya was having trouble disagreeing with as it was happening and you can absolutely disagree with it as a reader as someone who has seen other parts of this book you could say that's bullshit um there are the there are things that could have happened blah, blah blah but there is a very true undercurrent to what he is saying which is that essentially the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah. And then it happens to be that there are 23 bodies involved with the squeaky wheel. However, we got the job done in the end. Yeah. And that is a wild thing to contemplate as an emperor. And it might make him contemplate, how do I make sure I set up systems where this isn't necessary yeah. in the future? It was such when he said the line, 23 people for all of this change. 
23 lives for thousands and thousands of deaths. Grip it and fucking rip it. Lawson's sip of sunshine because I really wanted a glimpse of Boston in my life. Isn't it nice to have a little bit of Boston? Yeah, fucking suck down that Boston. Suck it down. Suck down Boston. Slurp it. (laughs) Suck down that Somerville. No, I I hate this. I hate this. No, absolutely not. I really liked how it ended. What, 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 What about it really sealed it for you? Uh, one, I think that that scene for me was really important. Yes, and then that I, was an amazing. Scene. Yeah, I also think the scene that we were we talked about a little bit earlier of, uh, no, I am the emperor, and I do like you, like, and I am yeah. your friend, and then the summation of uh, when his name turned into E blah 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 blah, uh, builder of bridges. Yes, yes, and he was like. Yes. Oh, it like gave actually, and it was honestly a, it was a little um, live, laugh, love, but it was a little on the nose for sure. But, but in yeah. a way that still meant something, and I think yes, it was because agreed. the entire book wasn't on the nose. The entire book didn't give yes, you that yes, satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that having it summed up in such a nice, pretty picture that was also a little bit ambi like ambiguous am am. Ambiguous, 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 ambiguous. What was I trying to say? Ambiguous. I think you're trying to say ambiguous. (laughs) No, there was another ambiguous. That is the word. That definitely is what I'm trying to say. I thought there was another word that sounded like that too, though. Please delete as much as you want of this for the original recording. But I'm not going to. I haven't had that many. Like, Danny's dumb situations in a hot second. So I don't mind this being towards the end. If you've made it this far, if me, if you've made it this far into it, like, you know how smart I am. And it's you're, smart. It's You're well, you're well prepared for the genius of Danny Burford. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, but I think that it ended ambiguous. Amb- ambiguously ambiguously there you go thank you you. yep yep. ambiguously but with a silver lining no fully agree i I think this this book does a great job of um it makes a case for his brand of governance it does not say that everything works out well in the end because no. this is like a half year picture, I think at most. Yeah, they of, said that uh, it was like six months. Yeah. He hasn't even been king for yeah. half a year. So he might turn out to be the worst per- emperor ever down the road. Who knows? But the basic idea of this book is you have a guy who t- decides to treat other people like people, mm-hmm. and that works out in his favor down the road. Because guess what? They like being treated like people. as people. <laughs> yeah, would, go figure. Would you want him to be your king, like your emperor? Like, would you? Yes, hundred percent. Really? 100%. No, no questions. Absolutely no. Questions. So you think he's going to be a good one? I have, I have no idea. Um, I, I have no idea if he would be a good one or not. But I I would rather have a uncertain 
meh emperor than a than a certain dumb fucking ass who has no idea what he's doing. Um, hi, most of American politics for the last god knows how many years. Um, yeah. Point point being, like, I, if you, I've always argued, for example, people always say that Jimmy Carter was an awful president, blah blah, blah for all these various reasons. And I'm not saying that he did everything well from a political standpoint. For you know, but generally speaking, at the end of Jimmy Carter's reign, not a whole lot had changed because everything had been stymied by everything that was around him. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't get a chance to fuck things up because uh, no one would let him fuck things up. So as far as presidents go, he's probably somewhere in the middle. He's not a bad president. He's just somewhere like oh, he was ineffective. Well, if you're ineffective, you don't kill people that's kind of the thing and 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 having maya uh, as an emperor um the seventh of his name not his actual maya name but sorry the emperor's name yeah, yeah. Right I, now. i'm gonna look that i'm gonna like actually get it so we can do it at least yes. towards the end so, so having having him be the emperor and and, and ruling the land is for the better overall because he He's trying. He's trying to be a reasonable person about these things as opposed to blanketly killing anyone who gives him bad news, blanketly killing every, anyone who decides to rise up against him, blanketly killing, like, all... Like, he's intentionally choosing understanding and um, uh, recompense uh, as, as opposed to, uh, like, like, revenge and anger and aggression to prove his point and, and prove his power which i think is a very very um laudable thing so his name is um his imperial serenity which i fucking love serenity was a great term yes absolutely. what a great yeah. fucking term yeah. i it was so good um his imperial serenity edra hazavar the seventh okay edra hazavar uh, I think that I would be a great empress. I want to hear first, though, how you felt about him being emperor. Did you, did you, did you agree with me? Uh, as I don't think that you should. Uh, that he was um, well-meaning and therefore solid. I, because I, I would argue that he became a more tactical. You know, smart emperor over time, but I'm curious what you have to say. I, I would really like to be his friend. Okay. I would love if I was in the court. I would like him to be emperor. But you're worried about his ability to uh, rule a nation. Yeah, I think I would be hesitant to think that. Uh, uh, other important people would entrust him to do his job and that I think because he is so green which does not mean that he did not learn throughout this entire novel mm-hmm. I think that he's a good person and I sometimes feel that good people don't mean good rulers and that uh-huh. and I think that he would need to change in order to, and I mean, I guess this is just my sad bias. I really, really want you to read the uh, Ken Liu series for a variety of reasons, including how you feel about this particular thing. Okay, because I, 
because I think there's something that will come about over the course of those stories that you and I will have a lot to discuss. Okay. Because um, I just but, I, I don't yeah. think that a good person makes a good ruler, and I honestly I, think that a good person is ruined by being a ruler, and I and I and I would hate to see that happen. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with the first part of what you said. I don't necessarily disagree with the second part, which is that a good person is rule, ruined by being a ruler because you can see it happening in this book. Yes. In, this very, in the first six months of, of his rule, let alone the, the 20th year or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I don't necessarily agree that a good ruler is necessarily – or sorry, a good person is necessarily a bad ruler because – I think that people too often conflate having good ideals with a lack of pragmatism. Um, And I think that if you have someone who is pragmatic, who also bends morally positive, then that is a much, much better thing than someone who is just like a malleable beast for whatever happens in the world. I guess I should be. So when I say that I think that a good ruler, I think that a good person is ruined by ruling, I think that to me automatically means that no good person can be a good ruler. Because I don't think that you end, I, I think that it's really, really hard to end up being a good person while also being a long-standing ruler. Yeah, I don't... I I think that in our current political situation in the United States, that's pretty much impossible to argue for that. (laughs) Yeah, so so. I guess that's... It's more of like a what comes first, the chicken or the egg type of a thing. I would argue that we have a different scenario in this particular realm that has been constructed by Catherine Addison. But yes, I I, I do understand what you're saying. So... so I don't necessarily yeah I think that a good rule like I think that a good person can be a ruler. Yes. I just don't necessarily think that they will end up also still being a good person. Cuz you have to make yeah, I, You have to I know you're going to tell me Ken Lu series. I know. But you yeah. but you have <laughs> I, I feel like you have to make so many hard decisions and I also think that a good person is so subjective. And if you're being a good person to your court versus a good person to your people versus a good person to yes. these five people that are your friends, like it's so subjective. And when you're having to make choices on like the behalf of millions of people, then you you can't make good choices. There, I, 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 I. Hmm. That's the, the very last thing that you said was interesting because it sounds so like Kantian and so like, oh, the, the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few type thing. Like, or uh, hey, we're just talking about the 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 greatest utility possible. Like, whoever gets that, like, and, no. and, and the hell with the rest of it. And I, 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 I don't I'm mean also... it in that way. It's more so it's hard. Like, it's hard to come up with a solution that, or it's hard to, it's hard to rule for everyone it is like everyone has different of course and, and it's just it's just hard I, as i say from in minnesota yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to rule for everyone but i get i worry and i guess this is great writing because i'm thinking about this i'm thinking about oh i wonder what kind of ruler he's gonna be and 
Also, the other books aren't about him. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So yeah. the other books are about... I was, like, taking a quick peek. The other books are about uh, Salar. Oh, okay. Sure, yeah. And the people of his the, court. The, the witness, you mean? Yeah, or the I, witness. Yeah. And other people. So they're not even about... So, like, that to me is super intriguing yeah. because then it really turns into kind of a Rob Stark scenario because we were mm. entrenched in his life and his mind and his world. And I wonder what his character development does through the eyes of other people. Because we now know as a reader that he is a good person or yeah. is at least yeah, 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 yeah. attempting his hardest to be the best person he can be. But what does that mean for the people around him? I guess my th- my thing is like it, it is something that this book um, maybe presupposes is that you can be a decent person and also be a decent ruler and blah blah. blah. Um, and this is something that gets into the uh, Ken Liu series as well, as you briefly <laughs> acknowledge. So I'm not going to bring up again. Um, but I think that it's valuable, even in our grayest cynicism about all these things, to think that it could be done a different way. Yes, and and it doesn't automatically mean that that different way is naive or not, you know, jaded enough to understand the developments of all these things. I think that that can just be a reasonable uh, viewpoint on its own. And there's nothing that the author has shown me in this series, in this text, at least, to say that this doesn't make sense within the world within the world yeah. that exists yeah, true. now if you put this into 2022 20, you know uh american politics woof there's so many fucking things that would be awful mm. about how that would that would that would shake out to a way that i would probably find incredibly depressing but in this world in this case i think that it is fair to judge it on its own merits and say that that, that it has worked so far as the main character uh, had intended. And I think that is something that we should be able to take on its own and not break apart like crazy to, to say how unrealistic it is. We because should, I think, yeah. We should read another one of these later in I the would, year. I, I, I would read another one of these, yeah. I, I, I absolutely would. And uh, audience, if you're on board as well, by all means, let us know. Yeah. Because I think this is the kind of book that is entertaining as a solo read and i think if you guys agree that is very entertaining to talk about too because there's a lot here Mm -hmm. that you can disagree with or or get along with as well yeah and we didn't there were so many things too that we just like didn't fucking touch upon we didn't talk about the we didn't talk about the fucking the conspiracy theory to be honest or or the the coup coup. Uh, or the assassination attempt or like yep. the fact that his granddaddy came in, who was like fucking huge yep, and just yep. like having fun, who was actually Robert Baratheon, like <laughs> having a grand old time, just like yeah. dancing around and getting drunk. Like, there's there, there's a lot here that we didn't even get into because this book is honestly really well layered and really well proportioned for how it wants you to focus your energy on certain parts of it versus kind of giving you background on other parts. Of this it. would be a great TV series. Oh God! Like yeah. the plot. If the you want to give it attention it, to it, yeah, 100%. this would be a great, especially with how detailed she gets about how the elves and goblins look. 
Give me the actor who plays um, uh, Littlefinger, who plays Carcetti in The Wire, to play the prince that eventually tries to kill him. Oh. <laughs> that would be amazing. Like, uh, there's so many great opportunities for, like, yes. really big performances if you want to let them happen. You know who I think I would want to have be the granddad? Who? Stick with me, because I think this like, could actually work. Okay. The Rock. <laughs> He'll never be fat enough. He will never in his life be fat enough for that. But I think that that is the energy that we would need. Okay, you think you think you need a positive like? I see. I, I thought I I saw him as like a, like a world weary character as opposed to like a, like, a, like a bootstraps type coach. Uh, I don't think that he necessarily needs to be like super like yeah this is awesome, but I mm-hmm. think he can be very much like I'm gonna fucking party right now because I'm gonna party, <laughs> and then I'm gonna be serious tomorrow. Because I want to make sure I, I tell my people that I will make a strict distinction between those things. Yeah. Or I'm totally blanking. Who played Mad Eye Moody? Uh, Brandon Gleason. Yeah. 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 That that would be a great. That one. Uh, oh, that'd be a great Goblin King. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Did you watch uh, Banshees of Inisherin? No, I should watch it because I love those actors. Both those actors so much. Ooh, fucking hard. Yeah, a hard watch, really fucking good, but a hard watch. We had to split it over two days. Just too awkward or too. Uh... No, it wasn't awkward. I mean, it was a little awkward. Actually, it might hit your awkward note slightly. Yeah, but I was it's. About that. But there is like some. I don't know. There <clears throat> are some fantastical elements to it which pull you out of it because it is so insane. Okay. So it'll definitely it it's not like the office. It won't like keep you oh, in no, that awkwardness I never, I never of it. Felt that. Yeah. It is such a realistic depiction. Uh, I I guess I can't necessarily say this wholeheartedly, but to me, it's a pretty realistic depiction of men making friends. <laughs> Dudes being bros, yeah. <laughs> of like men making friends and then getting in fights and being like, "Well, what's wrong?" And they're like, "I don't know." It's it's. It's the inability to. It's, it's the dude rock, the, the dude's rock of Oscar nominees. Yeah, right. basically, but really fucking good. All right, I, I I will watch it some point because I, if anything, I love Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, and In Bruges is one of the best movies I've seen in the last you know twenty years. So, I yeah. can't wait for you to come visit, and then all we're gonna do is watch TV. <laughs> no.